Welcome to Fiery Discourse, your podcast and media featuring dragonesses, female dinosaurs, and other similar stories and scalies. I'm your host, Lid Milanon, and with me are my co-hosts, Angron, Math Machine, Lucky Evie, and Jordan. Today is our 39th episode, and we're discussing 1998's Godzilla for its 25th anniversary, so mm. let's get things started. Hell yeah. Now, the idea of an American Godzilla movie, an American-made Godzilla movie, that is, existed for quite a while, with numerous scripts being developed throughout the decades, including one called, I kid you not, Batman vs. Godzilla. I Why we did not get that. that movie, I will never know, and it probably would have been made around the time of Adam West's Batman too. so that would have even been better. I, I, I honestly want to see that. <laughs> yep, sadly, it never got made, and... This is the one that got a lot of traction in the 90s, and eventually TriStar agreed to uh, make this movie. It was originally going to be directed by Jean de Bont, who directed Speed and Twister, amongst other movies. But then it went to Roland Emmerich, who directed Independence Day. And one thing I will say right off the bat is, I like how this movie starts. It starts with the footage of the nuclear tests in uh, Polynesia. And we get to see a group of like iguanas watch, basically, the uh, nuclear mushroom clouds going off before they get nuked, and the opening credits ends in a shot of eggs left behind. If nothing else, the opening credits really sets the tone for the movie with, like, the, uh, pa- you know, former, like, you know, patriotic music and that. And I-, I got to say, it really does suit the tone of the movie. Now, there are some problems with the rest of the movie, but mm, I, we'll I will say this. We'll get to those in a moment. Yeah, we'll get to those in a little while. But for now, I will say, I feel like this movie gets a lot of hate where it doesn't deserve sometimes. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But yeah, the movie then uh, cuts to the South Pacific Ocean as we get to see a fishing fishing ship attacked by a mysterious creature. The fact that the ship and its crew are Japanese is just a cute little touch, you know, to Godzilla's origins and that. Yeah. Yeah. We only get a brief glimpse of Godzilla's tail in this sequence, which I do like that they do this because it's like the uh, old Jaws method. You don't show Mm. the monster right away. You build up to it and you build up to it and... I feel like this this really does work out for the best, in my opinion. Yeah, I actually did something similar uh, with uh, with the series that I'm doing. Like starting out, we don't see uh, who the person is, but uh, when, as but but and, and it kind of sh- gives off a sort of feeling like uh, what's this gonna be? Like it, it gives off suspense uh, for the most part, and unlike and unlike this movie. Uh, that one was a little more uh, oriented towards not necessarily being a horror thing, sort of. But yeah, it, it's pretty much the same for the most part. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's where I got it. But yeah, yeah the uh, thing cut... is underrated. Yeah, and I feel so too. The monster worked out so well. They used it for all the advertising. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they did. They famously did. They had size doesn't matter, and most of that you saw in the advertising was his eye or his foot, and. It worked because, well, we'll talk more about it later, but this movie was a gigantic, gigantic hit. It was like Mm. in the top 10 highest grossing movies of uh, 1998. Oh, dang. We then uh, cut to our main protagonist called uh, Nick Totopoulos, who's played by Matthew Broderick. And fun fact, he's actually named after the special effects supervisor of the movie, so that's a nice touch. 
And it's interesting that, you know, a guy like Matthew Broderick stars in this movie. The mm-hmm. 90s were a time when a guy like him, who was mostly known as a character actor, you know, uh, Ferris Bueller, The Lion King, etc. Uh, he could star in a multi-million dollar action blockbuster, and he didn't have to pump him with like 9,000 steroids. Yeah. Like like today with like the Marvel actors, you look at them like, oh, I'm training for my role, and it's like them all juiced up, and it's like, no, you don't have to do that. But, yeah, come yeah. on, man. Exactly, Take exactly. easy. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Nick is basically uh, singing along to Sing in the Rain while driving to <laughs> Chernobyl, and it turns out why he's there is he's analyzing the soil and the worms within it when a military helicopter arrives. They turn out to be a U.S. military, and it's here where we start the uh, running gag of people not being able to pronounce Nick's last name. And in my opinion, it's really not funny, you know? It, it's like, it's not a, it's like, it's not an overly complicated name, you know? It, it's like if they made it, you know, like a couple more, you know, syllables and it, it'd be a little funnier. But for now, it just, it kind of just doesn't go anywhere, you know? It kind of peters out. Especially then, because uh, he's named after the guy that designed Godzilla for this movie. That oh, seems yeah? kind of like an insult more than anything else. Wait, who designed yeah, the, Godzilla for this movie? Nick Tatopoulos. The uh, that's the guy's name who designed uh, the CGI Godzilla for this movie. Nice. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So then the movie uh, then cuts to Tahiti, where we get to see a group of a uh, French Secret Service. They interrogate that's the right. only survivor of the fishing boat uh, disaster. They're led by a uh, Roche, who is played by Jean Renault, and. I know, honestly, gives one of the best performances of this movie because he yeah. just, he knows what kind of movie he's in and he really plays it to the hilt. And the yeah, funny he, thing about he that... He carries this movie. Yeah, he definitely is. It's him, I think, and Nick. That are the. It's him, Nick, and Animal. They're the three main characters that really hold this movie together, in my opinion. And, you know, mm. two others who we'll talk about in a little bit. And, uh. fun fact, apparently, uh, Jean Renault had never seen nor heard of Godzilla before taking this role because uh, kaiju movies were not that popular in France and most of Europe, <laughs> sadly. Yep. Makes sense. But, like I say, this moment in particular with this movie is such a good part because you can see the haunted look of the old man, you know, with uh, the flame being put uh, back and forth in him, and he just stammers out, Gojira! Gojira! It uh, really uh. one of the better moments of this movie, and you know, I, I do like, again, this movie isn't perfect, but I think it is a lot better than people say it is. Because it has parts like this that it feels like something that actually would be in a real Godzilla movie. At least stuff like this. Mm. We then uh, get to see the uh, U.S. military arrive in Panama, and Nick tries to find out what's going on. I do like the uh, build-up to Nick saying about how he's a biologist in that. And then it's revealed, like, it slowly ca- uh, pans out. To reveal he's been standing in Godzilla's footprint the entire time is a good one. And then uh, we get uh, Nick is introduced to Elsie, his boss in the uh, in this uh, inter- not interrogation, but in this uh, basically a, a team. And they then get to see a, a secret film that shows the uh, disaster of the of the ship, as well as the uh, uh, front secret service interrogating the old man. And I do like the touch that we get to see uh, the footprints of Godzilla in the ground, just to get a good idea of how big they are. And then we cut to uh, New York City. New York City! New York, yeah. New York City, come on! <laughs> but yeah, huh. we then uh, follow uh, Audrey, our second main uh, 
character. She arrives at a news station. She tries to ask her boss if she can be a reporter. And her boss uh, is news reporter Charlie Kamen. And he's played by uh, Harry Shearer, who's probably best known for his many, many roles on The Simpsons. He was mm-hmm. Mr. Burns. And, you know, he uh, basically, uh, the funny thing, too, is Charlie Kamen is basically a live-action version of another one of his Simpsons roles, Kent Brockman. So they really just hired him just basically to play this cartoon character he does in live action. You can even hear it when he speaks. Like, oh, definitely, definitely. You hear him talk. It's like, wait, I know this. Yeah, yeah, it definitely seems intentional. And uh, uh, Charlie then basically uh, tries hitting on her, much to her disgust. And it turns out that the power of the co-anchor has already been taken and whatnot. We then get uh, Nick and his team arrive in Jamaica, where they discover another destroyed ship. This time with giant claw marks on him, which kind of reminds me of the Jurassic Park 3 logo, to be honest. But it probably was, you know, coincidence because that movie wouldn't come out for a couple of years after this. Uh, Roche turns out to be there. He's disguised as an insurance officer. And the ship turns out to be carrying uh, cans of tuna fish that he finds on the ground. And Nick takes some uh, of the residue off of the ship's remains. And then we get to see another Godzilla attack as we see a trio of fishing ships um, attacked by him. And a sequence that kind of reminds me a little bit of the perfect storm, like the part in the perfect storm where they're going up the wave and the, the boat sinks under. It really does remind me of that, even though, again, this movie came out before that one. But it definitely, you know, it seems similar in a way. And then Elsie uh, has a theory that the creature is a dinosaur, which might be a, a clever reference to the fact that in some continuities, Godzilla is a dinosaur, a nuclear, you know, a radioactive dinosaur, but a dinosaur nonetheless. Mm. But then Nick uh, comes out with his, his theory. The uh, animal is a mutant, and he's the first of a new species. And it turns out that uh, Godzilla is slowly making their way to New York. And then we get to see uh, Audrey meeting up with Animal, her cameraman, and Lucy, her co-worker, in a diner. She uh, laments her current situation, and Lucy basically tells her that she's too nice. And Animal, by the way, is played by the great Hank Azaria. And w- this year, uh, he fought uh, Godzilla. One year later, he would be Bartok fighting Ludmilla. So that's two yeah. years in a Ooh. row where he played a guy who fought uh, giant reptilian creatures. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, yeah. in this one, he, uh, for the most part, is the camera guy. But yeah, he does yeah. help. So that in, in a way, yeah, in a way, you could say. Yeah. But it's real that uh, Audrey, uh, she used to date Nick as she sees him on the diner TV. We then get uh, probably one of the more iconic parts of this movie at the seaport. The old man goes fishing, you know, and the other two taunt him, and it's pouring rain. And he gets a bite, and he tries to reel it in, only for it to be Godzilla himself, or, you know, themselves, as we'll find out later. But the fisherman this attempts to run for trailer. his life. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Godzilla basically rips up the dock slowly, and it's assumed that the guy dies because we don't see him make it out. And we don't get to see all of Godzilla just yet, but we do get to see, like, their feet and legs, which are, uh, again, something that they use in the advertising a lot. And the movie also uses, I uh, I believe they reuse Godzilla's iconic roar in this Mm -hmm. part. It might be slightly pitch shift. I couldn't tell. But it definitely sounds like it is uh, the in the famous Godzilla roar, and Godzilla causes boats to uh, collapse on top of the seaport as it continues to rampage its way through. 
Sadly, we do not get to see him uh, interact with Harry and Marv, who are hiding nearby. It smells like freedom. No, it's fish. Eh. But yeah, uh, the first time we actually get to see Godzilla's head is when it bites into a truck. And I know that this Godzilla, it was designed to be a lot more reptilian than how the Japanese version looked. It makes it more more feral, more like an animal compared to, mm. you know, the original Godzilla. Yeah. And some people uh, criticize it for not being good design, but I think if you're trying to go in a completely different direction, which, granted, maybe this movie shouldn't have done, but if you're trying to do a completely different take on Godzilla, this is a pretty good take on it. I feel yeah. like it It reminds me of, like, Harryhausen and those kind of things, like like those kind of dinosaurs and stuff like even, like, you know, the original Lost World and things like that. It, it, I think it harkens back to those more, those stop-motion monsters more than it does, you know, the uh, man-in-suit movies like Godzilla. Yeah, also, uh, I will say this. I personally think that the uh, 1998 design is pretty impressive. Mm. Oh, the seat. Excuse me. And I also enjoy the CG that... The is very good for uh, 1998. I, I'm going to say that right most. now. It looks pretty good for 98. It's held for up. For the most part, yeah. yeah. It's not absolutely terrible. It's noticeable, but I will admit that the creature does... Uh, that the creature does some pretty impressive things as a, uh, you know, giant monster. But in any case, one Apparently thing that I applaud, like, the, one thing that I applaud the MonsterVerse uh, Godzilla for doing is taking the best of both worlds and making something that's both unique and pretty amazing, all things considered. It takes the traditional uh, Godzilla design from of yesteryear and combines it with uh, 1998. Eight design for the most part, making something that's both familiar and also more a little more like accurate to what it ultimately is, like uh, a giant a uh, giant kaiju, as it were. It, it's honestly the definitive kaiju design, all things considered. Which also brings me up to another point. Um, I will admit that uh, I will admit that uh, them calling. Back to the fact that in some continuities, Godzilla is considered a dinosaur is pretty good. Uh, but in other continu, but uh, in similar and uh, uh, and possibly the same continuities, it th it's also stated that uh, Godzilla was already like radiated, like he like his kind adapted to ultimately like have be able to absorb heat and uh, like you know uh, radiation from like the sun or like volcanic stuff and whatnot, which Honestly, I kind of want to see more of. And I definitely see, can see, see why. That yeah. Slush. yeah, yeah, I definitely, definitely can see why. Because again, this version of Godzilla, and we'll get more to that uh, when we actually get to the attack uh, later on the the major attack, let's say against the military. But I definitely agree that this version of Godzilla is really kind of weak. And I actually, I've always said this: it's not a good Godzilla movie. It is a good monster movie. Mm. If if you said it was a remake of like the Beast from like Fifty Thousand Fathoms or something like that, it, I think you would have a better reception than if you called it Godzilla. Because with yeah. the name Godzilla, you have expectations because you are trying to live up to one of the biggest, uh, you know, literally and physically, you know, movie monsters out there. One of the biggest franchises. It's like if they had a, uh, if someone made like a spy drama on that and they put the name James Bond on it, even though it's a good movie, but it's not what you expect from James Bond. I feel like it's the same mm -hmm. scenario here. It's not exactly. what the audience 
was expecting when they see Godzilla. Anyway, yeah. uh, we then cut to uh, two really funny characters, in my opinion. Mayor yeah. Ebert and his assistant, Gene. They're actually parodies of uh, two very popular film critics at the time, Roger Ebert, Ebert and Gene Siskel, who hated all of Roland Emmerich's other movies. They hated Independence Day. They hated Stargate. I don't think Emmerich did any other movies other than those two at the time. But apparently, they were actually were amused by their appearance in this. And they publicly yeah. questioned, why didn't you have Godzilla kill us? Which, <laughs> you know, I, I give them credit for that. Something. I give them credit for happy and good sports. Yeah. I mean, I, I what's that line from Hannibal Lecter? The world is more interesting with them in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and apparently, even though they, they critically salvaged the movie, they were amused enough by that. So, good on them for being uh, good sports. But anyway, the mate, the mate, anyway, I like their characters too. They have a good a comedic dynamic between them. Anyway, Mayor Ebert starts giving his speech in that while Godzilla slowly approaches. He causes like earthquakes as he uh, roars. Godzilla then starts destroying building as people run from, you know, um, you know, the monster approaching, you know, classic thing in all of the uh, kaiju movies and that. We then cut to a Charlie Kamen complaining about how he doesn't have any good stories before Godzilla right uh, walks right past his window, which saw as a secretary. And in a fun little cameo, she's played by uh, Nancy Carthright, who is probably best known for uh, being Bart Simpson, the voice of Bart. And uh, nice. I wonder if that was intentional because you got a uh, Hank Azaria... You got, uh, you know, Harry Shearer and you got Nancy Cartwright. That's uh, three pretty big uh, Simpsons uh, voice actors there. Nice. Even though this wasn't made by Fox, but maybe it was hmm. intentional. But yeah, uh, the part with him not noticing is funny. And we then uh, get uh, Godzilla going past the diner that Audrey, Lucy, and Animal are in, which destroys the windows. And we, we then get another good sequence, in my opinion. Animal snatches up his camera and he tries chasing Godzilla. He's more concerned about getting a good shot of the monster than his own personal <laughs> safety. We then get a shot that I remember was in the trailers, even as like a kid, like a little like you know infant. I remember this part from like the you know TV commercials. He finally gets a good shot of Godzilla before it lowers its foot on him. However, Animal, uh, he survives by accidentally being between Godzilla's toes, and he, like, laughs hysterically after surviving. And I'm going to be honest, this scene is is a good one, in my opinion. It is something that, again, it's not really Godzilla, but it is a good moment. It is something that it would be in probably the more goofier uh, Shawa-era movies, in, like, the later-era Shawa, I feel. Honestly... It would probably be for the most part at home with like uh, as like a little like light moment in a modern Godzilla movie, which that too, I'm that too, down it could for. fit in there as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm all, get... it's all, yeah, it's also pretty funny that. Uh, oh god, what was I gonna say? I had a thought, but mm, bad. It's all good. Mind. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. But yeah, uh, we then cut to the military arriving at their base in New Jersey as they basically have to evacuate Manhattan because, you know, there's a giant monster on the loose. It turns out that then the military loses Godzilla, which has never made sense to me. Not when I saw it for the first time, not when I've seen it for like the 50th time like this. Because, Uh I mean, I I get, you know, cold-blooded reptile on that, you know, maybe, but Godzilla is a, you know, gigantic, you know, monster. How could you lose something that huge? Devil's advocate for this one, like even though, like I've heard in recent years that uh that that theropods like the Iranosaurus Rex and whatnot had like padded feet for a more quiet approach, as it were, mm-hmm. and also their uh lean makes them a little more uh like capable of like weaving through stuff and whatnot a little easier. 
So it's honestly down to biology on that one, which I personally can, which I personally believe works. Not completely, but it does work enough. No, that does make sense. I have to agree with that. We then get a uh, Charlie does a news report and shows a Godzi- uh, shows a animals footage of Godzilla. But then Audrey notices Nick on the news footage and she tries to basically convince Charlie that she has an insider for the story. And we'll come back to this later in this uh, admittedly oh, kind of stupid plot point, in my opinion. But we do get a really cool shot of the building with the gigantic hole in it is a neat image. And and, uh, you know, people are basically fleeing the city in terror because, of course, they would. And I like how Mayor Ebert, he's complaining about the evacuation while basically stuffing his face with candy. Gene tries to take it away, but Ebert just, like, slaps his hand away. And, again, for comedy relief, they do work. I will admit that Mayor Ebert and his assistant Gene, they are legitimately funny. Back off, Gene. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) And I like uh, another good part that's kind of understated is Ebert is complaining about a group of business owners all waiting to see him. Until, like, Gene says, oh, they paid for your election fund. And then he's all like, oh, oh, and then he's all business with them. That That is funny, you know. Roche approaches the mayor in his assurance uh, officer disguise, and he plants, like, a hidden microphone on him. Charlie tries to uh, get to the mayor to interview him, but he doesn't have his press ID as Audrey stole it. She's planning on using it to closer to a Nick and the story. We then get another pretty good comedy sequence as basically Roach and the other French agents complain about American food and American coffee. It's something that, again, it's kind of stereotypical, but it is funny. And I I don't know if this is intentional. Them in their little spy van reminds me of the French movie The Tall Blonde Man with One Black Shoe, which it might be intentional, it might not, and I hope it is because that would be hilarious. But yeah, the uh, French Secret Service agents, they're listening in on the mayor, and he's basically complaining about the evacuation being pointless. We then get another funny bit with him asking Gino, yo, do you know what's going on? I don't know what's going on. You never know what's going on. Oh, thank you, yeah. sir. It, it is, again, a funny little, you know, a back and forth between them. But then it turns out that uh, the military goes into an abandoned subway tunnel that Godzilla previously rampaged to. And then Nick comes to the realization that Godzilla is just an animal that is hungry, which, again, it doesn't really feel like Godzilla because Godzilla is many things. One thing he's not, I think, is just an animal, you know? He, he's more than that. Yep. Yeah, it definitely is something that is a change. I can understand why Godzilla fans were upset this when it came out. And again, even today, because there's a lot of people who still hate this movie. But yeah, you I don't know. All Godzilla's personality and character, and made him just a mutated wild animal. That's not Godzilla. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I understand where it's coming from, but again, looking at it not as a Godzilla movie, but as a monster movie, it does work in its own way. But anyway, the uh, military then uh, completely goes into the city while uh, the French agents are monitoring the situation. Uh, Rhodes basically drinks coffee but spits it out, wondering what it is. It turns out to be French roast, and then uh, Roach just replies, needs more cream, which, again, funny part. More and then we get, uh, <laughs> we get the infamous, infamous part with the military trying to, go- trying to uh, lure Godzilla out with a lot of fish, which, of course, leads to the iconic line, that's a lot of fish. Brief candid I don't know why it's funny, but I don't know why it's funny, but it just is. Maybe it's uh, yeah. Matthew Broderick's understated delivery. 
quick danger for a second back to the bit with like uh hit with like uh philippe pretty much uh uh saying more cream and whatnot it's honestly funny that like uh the french uh secret service would pretty much be roasting american uh uh food and whatnot <laughs> even though like a little later uh philippe is seen eating a quote-unquote american breakfast which Shows they pretty much uh, got pretty much sl- somewhat warming up to uh, American food. Yeah, yeah. Despite getting the back, coffee, because yeah, exactly. Coffee. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Getting back to the that's a lot of fish line. I think the real funny moment is something that not a lot of people notice. The soldier next to him gives him a look of like complete bemusement. Like that's what you're getting out of this. It's something that's just so quick, and it, it's probably intentional, but it's such a quick little joke that, you know, it really does work, why why the scene works. But anyway... Sergeant uh, O'Neill, who is the oh, most sorry. relatable character in this entire movie. I can see that, yep. But then... Uh, and that's how he was in several scenes, and just every time he's on, you get that feeling of, oh, what a fucking day I'm having. From him. Yeah. yeah, which again, it does work. It does work. But then we uh, get to see uh, Godzilla uh, as he ri- as he smells the fish and he rises up. We get our first real good look at her at him. Which again, as we said earlier, um, it's an interesting design. But Toho and a lot of the original creators of Godzilla really were displeased with it. Apparently, the original suit actor of Godzilla walked out of the premiere and he said publicly, yeah. "That is not Godzilla." Which, he's not ouch, good yeah, ouch, ouch. But <laughs> I think, again, as I said earlier, I feel like this movie would have worked better if it didn't have the Godzilla name on it. It feels like yep. they had an idea for a movie about a giant monster, and they said, let's put the name Godzilla on it. Everybody likes Godzilla. But yeah, it, it still does work for me. But anyway, uh, Godzilla uh, roars in Nick's face before heading to the fish, and I do like how Nick is in complete, you know, awe of Godzilla as the military begins firing on it. And this, I just love, you know, Godzilla ducks out of the way and the military ends up blowing the buildings behind it. And then Godzilla gets away. It's a cute gag with Nick almost getting crushed by like a statue of a scholar in that. And then we get a part that's interesting. Godzilla roars and then a fireball engulfs an army jeep. Originally in the script, it was going to be Godzilla's atomic breath. They did not put it in the movie because apparently Roland Emmerich thought it was too unrealistic, which oh. I don't get, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, why remove Godzilla of one of his most iconic, you know, weapons? On, you know, they remove the atomic breath, you know? Oh, so hey, this I is a way I think. story tall, giant mutant lizard. But but uh, plasma breath, no, that's, uh, that's unrealistic right there. Exactly, oh, exactly. But yeah. Okay, yeah, honestly, yeah, exactly. the devil's advocate on that part. To be fair, name one dinosaur that ultimately could breathe fire. True. Or true. one lizard that could breathe fire. True, but yeah, true. anyway. Again, I, he I is agree. a giant mutant. But we then get a, a group of helicopters chase down Godzilla and a pretty good action sequence. You know, the CG mm. on Godzilla here, I remember reading the reason they had it in night and at the rain was kind of to hide and obscure it a little. Kind of like what mm. they did with Jurassic Park in a way. About a five years earlier, and again, the CGI on Godzilla is a little noticeable, but for the most part, for 1998, there is a lot worse. I mean, Spawn alone looks 
50 times worse than this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then, this also uh, came out the same year as Batman and Robin, people, so, you um, know. Batman and Robin was actually 97, but yeah, no, Darn. same time period. You're right, you're right. But yeah, uh, I like that the helicopters miss Godzilla and destroy the Chrysler building, and then Mayor Ebert speaks for us all by basically saying, you're doing more damage than that damn lizard is. I mean, and he's right. Yeah. The mayor is right. He's right. He's right. You know, that's the that's yeah. one of the few times where he's right. Yeah, but a, a pair of uh, looters are stealing like a TVs and electronic equipment. A cute gag where their car is crushed by Godzilla, and then we get a really good part. Godzilla seemingly disappears. And the helicopters uh, fire on him, and the pilot says, "I think we got him." And then Godzilla destroys the helicopter with a a cute little fake out. He then uh, destroys a second helicopter. He then chases the uh, third and final one, and again another fake out with "I think we lost him." It was by Godzilla just eating the thing, and and then we cut back to Mayor Ebert still ranting about it. And then Gene tries to give him candy to calm down, but he's so pissed he just swats it out of his hand again. Which again is a funny, you funny part. Out of my face. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> then we get uh, another scene that, for better or worse, is iconic. Godzilla, you know, climbs on the building and lets out his iconic roar, which... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it looks cool, but also it reminds me of more like something King Kong would do rather than Godzilla. Yeah. Godzilla yeah. Would oh, not it, it also honestly looks there. like he's humping the Chrysler building. Oh, God. whatever that is. Oh, God. It's now, like his little humping post, like... I will mm. never be able to unsee it. Wow. I will You're never right? be able to unsee that now. Wow. Wow. Uh oh. I God. mean, he is the only one of his kind, and they he does yeah. re reproduce asexually. So well, we're gonna get, yeah, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that right now. Basically, uh, <laughs> Nick goes to a pharmacy and he purchases pregnancy tests while Audrey meets up with him. And the relationship drawn between Nick and Audrey is really just dull and like completely cliche. Matthew Broderick does his best with it, and again, I feel like he is probably the best actor that's taking it seriously, in other words, because you can really feel that he's giving it his all, and apparently he has no regrets of it either. Someone asked him on like a talk show if he regretted doing Godzilla, and he said nope, he had nope. fun with it. So, more power to him. Nice. But yeah, uh, it turns out that uh, Nick's job is to collect information about nuclear contamination and uh, new creatures. And then we get the big reveal, which uh, Math just said. Godzilla turns out to be pregnant and can change their sex so they can reproduce asexually. This is... Yeah, we are covering this movie, by the way. <laughs> um, and hey, I'm happy we get to talk about it, so it works. Wait, uh, which movie Which movie did you say this again? Movie. This movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. that's idea. But yeah, uh, Godzilla is <laughs> in New York to nest. And Nick realizes that lizards can a can lay many many eggs at once, which would mean very bad things. And then Audrey steals the tape that contains the secret information of the old man and Godzilla's footprints and whatnot. And one thing I don't get: the tape literally has the words "top secret" written on it in tape. It's like you couldn't make it a little more subtle, you know? It's like, oh, that's the secret tape because it says "secret tape" on it. It was just missing. Please, no stealsies. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. there's a good sequence where the army uh, goes in the tunnel and they see nothing but uh, Godzilla's eye is like peering at them in there, which again is a really good moment. And then Audrey does a report on the information. She watches the copy and 
She's happy about it. It's like that that's one thing that I really do not get about this movie. Like she's more concerned about her damn story than the widespread death and destruction that this atomic, you know, <laughs> nuclear beast has caused. Yeah. "Quote unquote atomic because yeah, but, but still, no but still, basically this uh this giant nuclear mutant is not as important as her getting to be an anchor woman. Which get your priorities straight, lady. You know, God but, damn it, woman. Yeah, but she sneaks the tape off to Charlie and his cameraman, and the French turns out to be uh spying on the military as they're making their uh next move. Nick tells them about Godzilla's pregnancy and basically warns them that they have to find the eggs." Before, you know, taking care of Godzilla. The running gag with his name does have a cute payoff where not even the French can pronounce it, which is a cute little payoff, I will admit. It was a long walk to a very short joke, but yeah. I thought it was just cute enough. We then uh, get to see a news doing a special report on Godzilla with Charlie as the anchorman using the footage. And again, Audrey is more upset about her footage being stolen than anything about Godzilla. Yeah, or freaking Nick. Or, or yeah, Nick, that, you know, his job is jeopardized now because he's kicked yeah. off the force because they say that, he, oh, insider Nick Totopoulos gave us this footage and he didn't. You know, she stole yeah. it. And in this sequence, we also get why the name is Godzilla. It's because Charlie Kamen mispronounced Gojira as Godzilla, which I don't know how to feel about that, that that's how yeah. Godzilla gets his name. That is a very... <laughs> unusual thing i think they should have either like stuck with the creature being called godzilla normally or have it, them all call him gojira not godzilla because it definitely is, is a weird way to actually name your monster the one of the again most iconic movie monsters to ever have existed but yeah Man. um nick is then uh, kicked off the force because of the news footage uh the french are also planning to on leaving as nick tries to warn the military to get the nest and then we get Audrey attempting to apologize to Nick, and Nick is rightfully pissed it's... off at this because, you know, not only did she, you know, get him kicked off of this thing, she's potentially doomed the entire, like, city of New York and the world. And exactly. so Audrey does this big, over-the-top speech about how she's being a failure and how she wanted to make it big and so like that. It just, it really just does not work for me. Like I say, this is yeah. the worst part of the movie is the human drama element. Yeah, like human drama cut element. It entirely, I feel like you probably could have actually cut the character of Audrey out entirely, like the female love interest, and the movie would work a lot better. But uh, they needed a love interest, so I guess that's well, why they did it. There is one slight redeeming thing that she does later. We'll get to that when we cross to it, but yeah, yeah. this does not help the human drama in any way, shape, or not form. Not at all, not at all. Uh, For those Nick's that don't remember, this movie is about two hours, 15 minutes long, and boy does it drag, and it's all because of this human drama stuff. They yes, yes, exactly. 45 minutes of the film, it would have been so much better paced, there would have been none of this shit. Exactly, exactly. You are exactly right, Matt. That is exactly how I feel about it as well, that <laughs> you could get this movie probably to a good, like, uh, 100 minutes, like, you know, 90 minutes clip if you just took out all this stuff and all this stuff about her wanting to be a reporter and that you know and and it wouldn't change the film any that's the that is the crazy thing but yeah uh it turns out that nick's cab driver he wants to go to the airport but it drives him to another area it turns out his cab driver is roche as he probably introduces himself 
It turns out that the reason that the French have an interest in Godzilla, because it turns out that French nuclear testing and, you know, French Polynesia created Godzilla in the first place, which Mm. means that Godzilla is not Japanese, he's not American, and this continuity, Godzilla is French. French. Oh, (laughs) the French. it is a way, I feel like that's a way that you could update it and have it work because the French did do a hell of a lot of nuclear tests in like the 60s mm. in Polynesia. And hell they did yeah. it for like decades and decades. So, yeah, I definitely, it is a way that if you weren't going to have Godzilla be done by the, you know, J- the A bomb on Japan and that, I feel like that is probably the best update you could do it with. But yeah, uh, Roach uh, basically tells them that the Americans have given up their search for Godzilla's eggs, and Roach basically trusts Nick because he's the only one who cares about finding the nest, and they decide to work together. It turns out that Animal, for some reason, managed to get to them and is snooping on them, which I don't get how he got there, you know? There is nothing mean, showing Animal... The- yeah. yeah. <laughs> On the road, he saw that. Like, hey, what the hell, man? Yeah, Which, I, I guess. Absolute I guess. bro moment for him, but I do understand how that can be a little out of left field. Yeah, for the most uh, part. Yeah, Animal basically runs home as Lucy tells him off for telling Audrey to be more impulsive, even though it was Lucy who told Audrey to be more impulsive, and she's basically crying over the news footage and that. And Animal tells Audrey what's going on as they try to uh, break the story in that. Meanwhile, the French disguise themselves as American soldiers with chewing gums and really just hilarious fake American accents. It's like, yes, I am American. No, they they go a step further. And yeah, they do like, like Elvis. They, they, and and they, they, Jean Renault Roach even says, you know, where'd you get it? Elvis Presley, he was the king. It's like, okay, yeah, I, I really am believing that the French Secret Service spend their time watching Blue Hawaii and Girls, Girls, Girls. Yeah. Yeah. Also, vo- also lying on, also choking on your own vomit, but we'll get to that. that Never. Is, yeah. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, uh, Godzilla then, uh, Audrey and Animal sneak into the subway tunnels as Nick and the French arrive at the same time. Godzilla then enters the tunnel as they flee with Animal not running at first. He's trying to film Godzilla. And we then get uh, the army, who apparently did not learn that Insanity is doing the same thing over and over. They tried luring Godzilla with more fish, but it senses the trap and it just runs through the city, causing even more damage. And the part where Godzilla basically does like a flying leap into the water, it reminds me of something from like an original Godzilla movie, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. It definitely, because the. Uh, which one was it? Was it uh, Ibera, I think, where Godzilla like jumps into the ocean like that? I don't know if it was an intentional reference or not, but if it was, that was a nice touch. Yeah, I, I, I hear Flying Kick and Godzilla and think about one scene where he's like, uh, like completely flat up in the oh, air. He, just oh, flying. Godzilla versus Megalon, the, the, the kick, the tail kick. Mm-hmm. That is hilarious. Yeah. That, that is like the one of the most iconic moments of him. But yeah, uh, Basically, a group of submarines go after Godzilla, but one of them is torpedoed by the other one. And then the remaining submarine seemingly kills Godzilla with torpedoes as the mayor and the military then celebrate. Meanwhile, we get to see Nick and Roach made it to Madison Square Garden with Animal and Audrey slowly behind. There's a really cute uh, blink-and-you-miss-it gag where they enter in. You see a fish in a basketball hoop. It's something that's in the foreground for like maybe a second but I actually just caught on this viewing. I was like, huh, that's a cute little gag right there. 
But anyway, they nice. find a gi- truly ginormous amount of eggs that are seemingly endless, and the French agents prepare to detonate it and blow it up, but the eggs hatch, revealing basically hatchling versions of Godzilla that smell the fish and the humans. Now, the uh, hatchling Godzilla, or baby Godzillas, they're kind of rip-offs of the Velociraptors from Jurassic Park, mm. but I still kind of like yeah. them. I feel like, you know, yeah, if you're going to steal, you steal from the best, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, two of the French agents are killed by them while Audrey and Animal make it to a side door. Uh, there's another gag uh, where Nick goes, whoa, this is where the Nick shower, which is, a, I guess, a cute attempt at a joke anyway. But yeah. a Godzilla hatchling tries smashing its way through the door. And meanwhile, everyone is basically uh, demanding to be let back into the city while Elsie tries telling them about the nest and that what if Nick was right. And now, now the colonel listens and makes him search the city which uh, Mayor Ebert is absolutely furious about. Nick tries to contact the military to blow up the building, but their lines are busy. He gets like a, you know, answering machine. Audrey and Animal then uh, get out of the locker room by going through the air vents. Sadly, we do not get to see John McClane going the other way, although, <laughs> die, although die Hard versus Godzilla also probably should have happened. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Coming to you this Christmas. Day. Never. Yeah, that that would have been way better. But yeah, the two remaining uh, French Secret Service agents, they get killed by the hatchlings. Nick is then cornered by them, but he backs into an elevator, and in a pretty badass moment, he actually manages to kick one out while it tries ripping its way through. Um, another eh. good comedy moment happens when the elevator stops at the next floor and swarming with them, and he just says, wrong floor, and he like he closes the door again. It's a, another, <laughs> yeah. again, if it's not Matthew Broderick, who's an actor that has so much charisma and so much charm in anything he's ever been in, in my opinion, I feel like, you know, he is an actor that can make this stuff work and make it work well. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Roach and Nick meet up again, just as Animal and Audrey fall out of the vent. Roach then smashes Animal's camera and threatens to shoot him while he complains, which, of course, he would. But Aunt Audrey then knows how they can get a message out as they run to the can- as they run to the uh, broadcast room. Animal tries snatching up the tape, but it's trampled by the uh, baby Godzillas. And it turns out that the news station apparently broadcasts like the uh, the basketball and hockey games, so they have a direct link to the news station by the internet with high tech computers. I just love like the nineteen ninety uh, like the nice. late ninety giant giant like desktop computers. But yeah, uh, Animal tries typing in the code to get into the room while Roach just shoots the uh, lock. They then have to get to a live broadcast to get the message out. The station manager then uh, laughs it off as until Animal shows him all of the Godzilla hatchlings. And we get to see the uh, live broadcast, which, again, is another pretty good moment. We hmm. find out that there's literally over 200 Godzillas. They're all born pregnant, so they can basically endlessly reproduce one after another, and basically swarm the entire earth and become the dominant species. And the military have to bomb the stadium before um, the monsters, before all the Godzillas uh, invade the city and they agree. And sadly, this was not an alternate ending to turning red with them bombing a stadium. But regardless, just, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, just making a <laughs> but yeah, they have six minutes to abandon the building and, the chase sequence with the Godzillas running after them is a good way to build tension with like the stuff like Nick like using the basketballs and like the gumballs to cause him to trip. It's a little yeah. silly, but it does work. They yeah. then have to make their way out of the lobby, which is filled with all the Godzillas. And fun fact, 
a lot of them in this sequence were puppets. They, they were yeah. not CGI. Some of them were actually like practical effects. I believe Godzilla, in some shots of this movie, it's very hard for me to tell, some shots of this movie, they use a giant animatronic practical Godzilla. Now, it's hard to tell because, yeah. again, the night effects and that, but that is good that they did try to do it somewhat practical. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roach, Roach then basically shoots down the hanging lamps as they make it out with only seconds to spare before the stadium's destroyed, which kills all of the baby Godzillas. And hmm. this, again, is one of my favorite moments of the movie. Another one is I love how they do this fake out. They all, like, look up. There's, like, big ending music swelling up, and you think, oh, the movie's over. And then Godzilla shows up, and they are pissed because their children are dead. Hmm. And like I say, I, I really love that misdirection, that, oh, you know, they killed the baby Godzillas, they killed Godzilla, movie's over. Nope, they're still there. But yeah, uh, they run from Godzilla with Audrey tripping and being rescued by Nick. And something that you know, reminds me a lot of like the slasher movies where like they're running at they're running away from Jason and one of them always trips and falls or something. Hmm. But yeah, uh, Godzilla in this part does look pretty good. Again, like the lighting on them and the the yeah. effects in general. It, this is probably the best they look in the movie, the best sequence, and they say the best for last. We then uh, get to, they then uh, get in a taxi as they drive away from Godzilla with a brief comedy sequence of Audrey and Animal arguing over what bridge to take. And it's not really that funny. It's kind of just, I guess, filler. The cab then uh, turns around and Nick rips out the uh, taxi cab info to the military. Mm. And of course, this is how they find out that Godzilla is alive and they plan on killing it once and for all. There's another part where Godzilla roars and a fireball emerges in this chase sequence which again, probably was meant to be the atomic breath before they toned it down. Mm-hmm. Yep. The taxi cab is then uh, trapped in a tunnel as the military tells him to try to get Godzilla trapped in a suspension bridge. They then manage to make it away from Godzilla by using the headlights to, I think, uh, disorient and drive out. They then make it to the Brooklyn Bridge, but Godzilla ride, rises up and traps the car in its mouth. And then this part is pretty silly. Nick gets a you know a wire. He he sticks it in Godzilla's mouth and electrocutes it. Which yeah. really for uh, again for Godzilla, this version is really really weak compared to uh, you know the more traditional Godzillas because that's enough to like really uh, take it out. It continues yeah. to uh, chase the taxi cab before it's trapped under in the wires of the bridge and. It basically is killed by the military using missiles on it, which, if you know Godzilla, the real Godzilla, missiles do nothing to stop him. Yeah. Like, this is him off. Very, 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 very few things stop the actual Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. Asphyxiation, Mm -hmm. cold, uh, hydrogen diffuser. Oxygen destroyer. Oxygen destroyer, yeah. Basically, you can't do much to Godzilla. Uh, other than very specific circumstances that even the military can't exactly do. Like, Mazer cannons don't 100% do jack shit. Missiles, again, suck. Tanks are equally as sucky against Godzilla. Like, this right here, despite despite being admittedly different, and honestly, I don't mind it being 100% different, it's... Still, I, I, I do agree that it, this is not Godzilla. Godzilla well, we, is a lot more tankier than this. And this right here, despite it being like 
uh, despite it being a pretty intense and epic moment and being a wholesome moment for the most part, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. It's still very much not Godzilla, which I, which honestly, I do agree with your initial, your earlier statement of this should have been like a remake of like tr- the beast of 20,000 fathoms or 20,000. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 20. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, also apparently Toho agrees because this version of Godzilla made an appearance in Godzilla Final Wars and was <laughs> instantly killed by the real one. Instantly. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and apparently, though, one interesting uh, thing is that Godzilla is not the one from this movie. It's one from that species, but it's not this Godzilla. I don't know. It's some weird uh, Toho canonical rule things or what, but yeah. The shot of Nick just basically staring as Godzilla, at Godzilla as they slowly die is a really good one. It, it's an impactful one. It feels like something, it reminds me of a little bit, and it probably wasn't intentional, but if it was, that would have been a nice touch. Uh, Godzilla 1985, where a Raymond Burr watches as Godzilla falls into the, hell, into the volcano and dies, and he gives that speech. It mm. kind of reminds me of that moment. Sadly, this movie did not get Raymond Burr to make a cameo. I really wish they would have in some yeah, respect. Yeah, and also, like that movie, I don't 100% think like that is a canon death of Godzilla. If you well, th- this one I mean. this one is canonically dead. Like, the, yeah. the, the one from this universe is dead. But uh, Mayor Ebert decides to use the death for his political campaign, which, of course, he would, and... Gene finally uh, grows a spine as he gives him a thumbs down and quits. Yeah. Audrey quits as Charlie's assistant as she and Nick watches off, uh, walk off. Uh, Animal tries to retrieve his tape, but it turns out it's been removed by Roach, who plans on giving it back after he takes out a few things, meaning yeah. that the uh, French Secret Service are obviously going to edit it to remove anything of them. And then the movie ends in the remains of the stadium as we see one egg is still intact as it hatches which would actually lead up to the Godzilla animated series that was based in this movie, which yeah. a lot of people say is way better than the movie. I have not seen it. Mm-hmm. I have not they seen it either. Got a couple of the ca- they got a couple of the cast members to reprise their role, which is a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Nice. And yeah, I, yeah. He, I can confirm it is really good. I, I need to I, see this then. Yeah, I, I got to check it out too. I'm sure it's on like, you know, online somewhere, but I definitely yeah. want to see it. But I yeah, uh, although this movie got completely critically savaged and, you know, uh, you know, critics hated it, they tore it to shreds, this movie was, uh, as I said earlier, a gigantic box office hit. I think it was beat out by, like, Armageddon, maybe, and some other movies, but it still made it to the top ten, maybe top five of that of 1998. It actually had a sequel planned that would have had the, uh, you know, baby Godzilla. It would have also, I kid you not somehow incorporated Mothra and King Ghidorah. I don't know how the hell you would have adapted them into this <laughs> universe. That like how would you have been even been able to begin with it? Especially well, okay. with Ghidorah with like with space in that. I'm sure there's something uh, IRL for like Mothra that you could possibly do. Like maybe involve it with Mount Everest and uh freaking uh Tibet or whatnot. So maybe there could be something there. A Mothra could you could also incorporate freaking uh uh Bud- Buddhist stuff into it because Japan has no notoriously uh has notoriously uh, accepted a few Buddhist ideals in the past as it were. As for Ghidorah, 
he's an alien, so alien origin, honestly. That could very well... There, there are Those are two ideas that I feel uh, could definitely incorporate Mothra and King Ghidorah, but we'll never know since... Yeah, because you know. they did not make a movie on this, and it wouldn't be until 2014 that we got another Americanized Godzilla and started the whole monsterverse, which this movie has nothing to do with, and despite the fact that this movie had a bad reputation when it came out, I feel like as the years go by, it's became more of a cult classic, and yeah. I definitely like it. You know, I, I, I have to admit, I've seen it like dozens of times on DVD. I, I have it. You know, it's one of the original prints, and I, I always enjoy it. It's a fun time. It's like, if you want something just to watch to turn off your brain and enjoy, like, you know, uh, a monster movie, th- this is not a bad choice. There are way worse uh, giant monster movies you could pick. Absolutely. And although, although I will say that even though I uh, stick up for this movie, flaws and all, the human drama and all, I still feel that uh, un- until I have, I have yet to see 2014's Godzilla and Godzilla vs. Kong, but until I see those movies and those movies ultimately dissuade me, I will ultimately say that those are the better compared to Godzilla 98. I still need to see the series. I still need to see it all to ultimately get a better idea, but... Yeah, com- yeah. That, like I said, the the new twenty four MonsterVerse Godzilla is uh, pretty much uh, is pretty much the ideal Godzilla that honestly is pretty fitting for uh, uh, people outside of Japan. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, one other thing I found out while doing research on this, we'll get to the question of the week in just a second. But apparently, in some countries like Hungary and Poland. This is the Godzilla that they know and love. Did this movie were a huge, huge hit in Eastern Europe? Because apparently kaiju movies never made it over there at all. So this was something completely new to them. To the point where when 2014 Godzilla, there were complaints about it not being like this. It boggles the mind, you know? Yeah, well, congratulations, Eastern Europe. It only gets better. Mm-hmm. Yep, but now it's time for the uh, question of the week. And this week is going to be, what is a bad movie or a movie that is considered bad that you personally really enjoy? Mm. As for me, I'm going to say it's um, 2002's The Time Machine, which it didn't do good at the box office and got critically reviled when it came out, sadly. But I don't know, something about it I really, really do enjoy. Um, The 1960s Time Machine is a classic, but there's part of it like the effects that really have not aged all that well. And I feel like with this, how they did the Morlocks were a lot more interesting than in the 1960 version where they're just like, uh, mm. oh, they're giant monsters. Ah, he, uh, you know, here they're more like, they, they are like that, but they also have the Uber Morlock that controls them and basically actually gives some like characterization to the race as a whole. And also, um, you have the character Vox, the, uh, basically, uh, holographic uh, librarian played by Orlando Jones, a really underrated actor. Um, I really like that aspect, too. The part where uh, in the original uh, Time Machine, he goes to the library and finds it bombed out and that. And But yeah, it turns out in this version, Vox is still running, but all of the actual books is destroyed. And we get a really poignant moment where the character basically says about the Eloi, he says, like, they don't know their past, they have no future. Oh, they are lucky. And the time traveler, who has a name in this version, Alexander, goes up to him and says, Lucky? And then Vox looks at him and says, 
Can you imagine what it's like to remember everything? I remember the last book I ever checked out. I remember a girl 16,000 years ago who recommended a book on dinosaurs. And I remember you. Time travel, practical application. Like I say, stuff like that. I feel like it's a way that they updated the story of the time machine. And they actually did a really good version of it. The effects are good. The acting is good. The, the score is beautiful. And as a whole, I think that it's a movie that no one ever really talks about. And it's such a shame because it really is such a good movie. I believe uh, Guy Pierce plays the uh, time traveler and he does a good job. And the movie as a whole is one that I recommend everybody check out at least once and form your own opinion because it is yeah. a good movie in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have like maybe an older version of the time machine. I can't remember what, but I have it in my The room. 1960 version uh, with George Powell probably. Also, yep. fun fact, Alan Young is the only actor to be in the 1960 version and the 2002 version. But yeah, they're both good movies, and the 1960 version is probably the better movie overall. But I really also enjoy the uh, the 2002 version. And uh, Anne Grom, what would you have to say, is a movie that is considered bad by a lot of people, but you personally really enjoy? Oh, that's a tough one. Because on the one hand, I would absolutely say uh i would absolutely say captain marvel because i think i'm one of the few people who a didn't think carol danvers despite acting and looking like it wasn't as bland as people let on because for all intents and purposes captain marvel has always been one of dc's ace characters all things considered like there are a few moments that this prove that but uh Got, but uh, here, uh, Carol Danvers, despite ultimately, you know, st despite starting off a little rocky and being a little odd, uh, Carol surprise. Carol here uh, is pretty much uh, at peak overpower. It honestly has more clever moments than you'd think. Like especially during like the final cut fake out. Honestly, it's in character. Like she has nothing left to prove anymore. So she basically just like blasts him in the face because screw you, I got superpowers, I ain't conforming this shit. But, however, that is not the movie I'm going to be choosing. Instead, I have indeed heard a lot of bad things about Rock Dog. However, those came after I watched Rock Dog. And Rock Dog, for all intents and purposes, I like it. I like the animation, the music. Mm. You know how some you know how some people say that the music in Blues Bros. 2000 is the best thing in the movie. Well, yeah, Rock Dog has that effect here, and the characters are fun. I like Bodie's uh, development here. Uh, I do. Uh, it, there are a, a lot of weak moments, but yeah, I, I honestly do like this movie because this movie is charming it it's honestly harmless for the most part and i uh, do not regret seeing it so definitely give it a single watch it's uh, it's got a uh, freaking uh sam elliott uh what was it it was the same guy who did uh freaking uh he's the same guy who did tenzin uh and uh, omni man 
Oh, 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 J.K. Simmons. Yeah, J.K. Simmons. That's who it was. Like yeah, I heard, yeah. I like I knew his name started with a J.K., but I immediately went to Rowling with that, so it was a little, you know. But yeah, I do admit that uh, this movie has flaws, but I don't care, and I honestly like this movie. That those are very very good options. Uh, Math, what would you have to say? As the animation guy, I can go so many different directions with this. Oh. I could go something un- basically unknown, like Animal Olympics. Oh, but Animal Olympics is not terrible. Come on, man. That's a good movie. Harder. <laughs> I- I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying how the public has received it. That's oh, right, question. right, yeah. That's uh, I could go I something yeah. a bit more uh, eclectic, like uh, We're Back, A Dinosaur Story, but I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about that at some point. Yeah. Very soon. Very soon. I could go something like... Uh, uh, some major bomb like uh, Treasure Planet or Atlantis, but those are generally well received. So the one I'm going to go with is actually a bomb that has been poorly received, and this is a bomb so bad it destroyed its animation studio. Titan oh, A-E. wait, what? Titan AE. Ooh, oh, yeah, last, I, 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 last movie. Yeah, I was I was going to say that actually. Like Titan AE, I have, yeah. I still do not understand why this movie is as disliked as it is. It is so. I, I, I guess it's because people just do not expect this kind of atmosphere and attitude from an animated movie. It is so good, and it knows exactly what it wants to be, and is that it, it's it's got the worst cheesiest '90s and early 2000s butt rock you'll ever hear in an animated movie yeah, and it does perfectly with that it yeah, also it has really some does. dystopian sort of style to it and attitude and the characters perfectly play into that the animation is beautiful it's Don Bluth this had some of the best CG and hand drawn integration ever seen mm. yeah and, and Bluth was actually forced to do the uh to put it in the CGI, believe it or not, he did not want to do it. Yep, and yeah. he did so well. Like this predated Treasure Planet by two years, and it it did the integration in some aspects better than even Treasure Planet did. Interesting. Yeah, I really do like what they did with that. Like the they utilized common trash and made it look so impressive. You know. Plus, it has Stith, who is a fantastic character yeah. in a lot yes. of ways. <laughs> yes, very much so. It's aw- yeah. she's awesome. She did, and she really needs more love, especially oh, nowadays. hundred percent, a hundred, a hundred percent. Jordan, what would you have to say? Would be your answer to this? Oh, my probably worst movie animated would probably be. It's been hated a lot, like Godzilla a little bit. It was. It's gonna be the Black Cauldron. Mm. Oh yes. Disney still has a strange relationship with it because they mm. infamously did not release that movie until they released literally every other single movie they had on VHS, I believe, and DVD. Mm-hmm. It always is like the like the one they try to bury, like completely do not talk about this kind of thing yeah. while still giving it official but, releases. Let's do it that way. But during, even though it has, it's a shitty... The story is good because they got they got the story from different books of the Black Cauldron, 
and the artwork is beautifully done. Some of the characters that don't need to be in there, like the dumb princess, doesn't need to be in that whole point. Like, why are you here? You are completely useless to the main character. Aaron himself is a good character. Gurgi, star of the show, beautifully mm. done. Yeah. Um, yeah, the witches. The black <laughs> horn king. Great. Oh my god. He, he, he is, is the most. Nightmare he is. Fuel. He is the most probably scariest Disney villain since Chernabog. Yeah, exactly. he also. And, yeah, he's also a lich. Fun fact, which. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Probably one of the first but ones in the. Uh, in media, yeah. You just get that intent, like you see these characters that the minion that the Horn King followers have. You see him, you feel the music, you feel like he when he comes in, he sits mm. and he just talks. You just get goose you're right in that area of the horn king's presence and you're just like <laughs> and i wish they would done more and the guy who and you guys have t- brought him up the the guy who drew all the stuff uh then i can't remember his name was the, the guy who did land for time uh artwork he Bluth, done, yeah thank you yeah he has done beautiful job with the artwork like the background everything is just beautifully done the dark scenery all of that is just gorgeously done yes they killed this movie but it's just when you see the title of like they talk about those the black cauldron this cursed thing you're just like i want more i want more details give me od more stories of this cursed cauldron that once yeah, you exactly. put something in it, it's just like, you're done. That's it. You can't come back unless you have a Hail Mary thing, a person who's more powerful in sorcery to bring someone back to life like the witches did. But it's just all perfectly done. I'm like, this movie could have been a whole lot better. I mm. wish maybe maybe Disney could hear prayers. Maybe they could bring this movie from the dark depths of the cauldron itself and make it better. I know that in yep. Japan they have done a horror thing uh, attraction. Um, Ooh, nice! I where they did, and it's in the Japanese uh, uh, Disney villain thing. You walk in, and they talk about like, oh, a hero is gonna come out of nowhere and stop the Horn King and all these villains from keeping you in this darkness. And then when you get to the bottom of the end of the attraction. Uh, a staff member picks, uh, chose someone from the audience, and everything goes dark. You see the Horn King, an animatronic of the Horn King, looming over with the black cauldron right there on the side. He calls out um, about darkness and ever. Again, the staff picks out someone else, and they have a magic sword. Uh, I think that was used in the, in the movie of the Black Cauldron, and it destroys mm. all the villains, and you're all free. Oh, oh like, yeah. Yeah, that's creepy and scary. Why can't we have this in other areas? I know, but, I know. Yeah, it I, really is I a shame. The, I picked the black cauldron that needs a little bit more love. Mm. Yep, I definitely see it. And um, lucky Evie, what would you have to say? I don't really think I've seen any bad movies. It's like maybe the Horton Hears Her movie. So would that be the one you pick? In other words, or? I, I guess I don't really remember anything about it. I don't, I don't even know what it's scored. It's all right. It's all right. So, all right. Now it is time for the uh, patent pending dragon scale. We rank them. 
I'm going to rank uh, Godzilla 1998 as TriStar version. I see this is going to be difficult because on one hand, it's not Godzilla. It's clearly not Godzilla. It is trying. It, it's trying to be Godzilla and it's not really um, doing a job at it. But on the other hand, it's not a terrible design. And for a movie monster, if we're just looking at it from like a movie monster perspective, it has a good design. It has, uh, you know, it's it's basically an animal, but it does have some good moments. Um, the power it finds out that, you know, its children are dead and it nuzzles one of them is a good part. And I don't know, it feels like it's such a paradox. I have to give it, I can't give it any higher than a 7 out of 10, though. Because of that, because again, it's not Godzilla. It, it it definitely is not, you know, it's the furthest thing away from Godzilla. But if we just take it in a vacuum in like a universe where any other Godzilla has never existed in the history of cinema, that just this monster, you know, it exists. I would say it is a pretty decent design, all things considered. It is a decent uh basic uh successor to say the work of Harryhausen, like again, as we mentioned, the beast in twenty thousand fathoms. So, yeah. Angron? Okay. Ugh. I am going to have to give this a 7 out of 10. It's it's definitely pretty good, and if I was a lot younger, and if I was basing this off the uh, cartoon, which I have not seen, I would probably rank it a bit higher, because it looks cool, and hot take here, some of the early designs of Godzilla from like the 1900s and whatnot before this, not my cup of tea. They weren't terrible, but I yeah did not abs did not actually uh, l- like any of them to a massive extent. They weren't bad. They were pretty cool, but you could do better, you know. Godzilla is good, but it can be better. And this I feel came close, but nowadays with the 2014 Godzilla and whatnot. I feel like this is, I feel like this is fairly good. It's not special. It's not exactly, you know, again, Godzilla. But like, again, ranking it in a vacuum, it's pretty good. It's, yeah, again, it's not Godzilla, but it's pretty neat. And honestly, I do feel for this creature a lot. It's just trying to survive. And then people are all just like, like, Yeah, exactly, like exactly. I get where you're coming from. Oh man, but yeah, I will ultimately. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm giving it a seven out of ten for that reason. Okay, that's good. Uh, math. Not my goal. Moving on. Yep. I am going to be incredibly generous, and I'm going to do the best I can to separate Zilla from Godzilla. And giving Ooh. it a six. Okay. The design for its day, the, the the CG more for its day was good. The issue is today, it has that sort of PS1 effect if you've been on a PS4. It, it's mm. one of those things that you look back and go, yeah, it was probably technically impressive for its day. How are you not blind? Yeah, yeah, I definitely can see where you're coming from. You know, with all the advances in technology, I mean, Hell, look, just a couple of years later, we got, like, Lord of the Rings, which blew all this stuff completely out of the water. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And also Bartok the Magnificent. So, yeah. I yeah. get how this was good for its day. It just does not hold up. Uh, and you don't really get any kind of personality like you do from 
actual Godzilla, except for a few exceptions. The uh, the mm. seeing the uh, Zilla's children dead and then getting royally pissed off. That's oh, the one yeah. exception. That's like mm-hmm. the one thing I latch onto is any sort of personality for this thing. It just this was basically just once again giant monster. Uh, it, there's nothing really there, and it's yeah. it, it's one of those things where. I'm actually not too fond of the design overall myself. I it's it's too agile, it's too nimble, it's too lanky. I, I when I see giant hulking monster, uh, I do like more like well, uh, Chonkzilla like we have now, where yeah, it's, it's big, lumbering, it's brutish. Big chonk, yeah. Like I said, he combines the best aspects of like the old Godzilla with some of the modern touches uh, from uh, Godzilla '98. I will say that, but yeah, m- not my Godzilla. Not I my can Godzilla. definitely see why. Yep. So, uh, Jordan, what would your ranking be? Uh, I'm gonna be. Uh, I like the story. Of, I'm gonna give it six out of ten. Yep. Because after I did not even know that when Godzilla roared and we were supposed to get the atomic breath, I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that until you pointed out. I'm like, wow, I am stupid. I didn't even notice. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I knew all Godzilla's. Why is this one not like the spike should be turning blue? Because, yeah, it's going to do its uh, its breath attack. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wow, Jordan, you are down. You have not even noticed that until now. So I, I like her design but it looks like a giant iguana on its back legs i'm like that's not godzilla it that looks kind of like a uh, edgy t-rex honestly yeah yes. exactly exactly yeah. definitely seems yeah, like they so took I'm more looking... inspiration from like uh jurassic park yeah yeah so I'm looking at her like wow you guys just literally killed what she looks like because what the? I mean, even the roar. I kind of like the roar. It's so much different from the original Godzilla's roar, and I like how it sounds a little bit. But I just be like, wow, we just killed this. So I'm gonna yeah. give her six out of ten. Hmm. All good. And like uh, lucky Evie. Oh, sorry. Are you good? I guess five out of ten. Okay. Hmm. Any particular reason for that ranking? Well, it's Godzilla. It's. Not Godzilla. It's not, but it, it's not, but it for what it's it still, is. It's still but, think, Godzilla. In a way, yeah. in a way, te- technically it is. You are technically correct. The best kind of correct. But anyway, uh, if you have any questions or if you want to send us your pronunciation of Nick Totopoulos, you can email us at farydiscourse at outlook.com or visit us on Twitter at twitter.com slash farydiscourse. Next time, we'll be talking about the 2014 movie, Tom and Jerry, The Lost Dragon. Until hey. then, take care and happy Halloween. Yep, later. Peace out. Adios.